Welcome to Empowered, Rising Voices in Education, the podcast by Students Protecting Education. I'm Luke Lippett, and I'm joined by Jillian Yarns. We are thrilled to have you with us on this journey to explore the dynamic landscape of education and hear the inspiring stories of those making a difference. That's right, Luke. Empowered is not just a podcast. It's a movement fueled by the passion and dedication of students, educators, and advocates who believe in the transformative power of education. In each episode, we aim to amplify the voices that are reshaping the educational narrative. Absolutely. Whether you're a student, educator, or anyone with a vested interest in the future of education, this podcast is for you. We'll be delving into the stories, challenges, and triumphs of those who are at the forefront of positive change. So, get ready to be inspired, informed, and empowered. In today's episode, we're taking you behind the scenes of Students Protecting Education. We'll be sharing the journey of how this nonprofit organization came to be, from the initial spark of an idea to the impactful initiatives it has undertaken. It's a story of vision, dedication, and the unwavering belief that education has the power to shape a better future. So buckle up for a roller coaster of insights, lessons, and the incredible stories of those who are making a real difference in education. Welcome, everybody, to our first Empowered Rising Voices in Education podcast. This episode, our story from Vision to Impact, where we'll be talking about the story of students protecting education and its founding. I am your host, Luke Lippett, and I'd like to pass the microphone off to our co-host, Jillian Yarns. Hello, everyone. I'm Jillian Yarns. I am the other co-founder, and I'm also the director of operations. Um, today, what we're just going to be talking about is our initial inspiration for this podcast and kind of why we um, founded the podcast, along with just discussing the steps to turn the vision into reality, how we did it, um, a- along with our milestones and impacts. Um, we just want to look back. Um, and also look ahead to see what we can do better, to see what we can do to make a change. And yeah. And we look forward to this new journey of our podcast where we'll be able to share stories from students across the country and their stories of using their voices and how our organization has helped them. I'll pass the mic to Jill. I actually just want to talk about how we started our organization. I think that's important for the people who are new. Um, And yeah, Luke, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so I think the most important thing to mention is the very start pre-organization, and that is what that was the spark. That was the exigence per se. There we go. <laughs> that was the exigence per se to our mission and our founding of the organization, and that was a school board meeting in October of 2022. Right, 2020. 2022. Um, wow, that's crazy to think that it's almost 2024, and and this was in 2022. I had attended a school board meeting uh, for the Orchard Park Central School District um, because it was a Tuesday night. I had nothing better to do, and I'm a nerd, and I thought, hey, how about I go to a school board meeting? Um, long story short, pretty boring meeting, as <laughs> school board meetings tend to be, lots of procedural business. But then you come to the interesting part at the end, <laughs> and that is the public speakout section. And at that public speakout section, there were a very small um, group of parents who were concerned about books in our library, um, and they were asking the board to ban a written list that they had printed out and handed, excuse me, to every single member of the board. And so they they handed this this list to the um, the board and said, we want these book bans. And that really struck with me. You know, not only this isn't just happening in the South and, you know, the deep red 
um, conservative South. This is happening in in you know Orchard Park, New York. This is happening in upstate, not upstate, sorry, Western New York, um, up in you know <clears throat> what you call the pretty progressive North. And so that struck with me, and so I brought that back to a club that Jillian had founded at our high school um, with my concerns about that, and I'll, I'll pass that off to Jillian. So after Luke um, told me about these things that he heard, I was like, I was kind of nervous because he wanted me to he wanted me to speak out about um, the things at the next meeting, and I never really would speak out at anything before, and I was new to the high school. Obviously, I was a little concerned about speaking out in front of a bunch of people, and little did we know there'd be about 200 people there, which was absolutely crazy. But we did it anyways. I love a good challenge, that's for sure. And me, Luke, and a couple other students spoke out. We had our voices heard, and that's when I realized, wow, like we could actually make a change as students. Like, it was the people on the board were so shocked that students even spoke out. It's not really done, even though it's allowed. And I think um, spreading that message was why we started Students Protecting Education. Yeah, so Jill is referring to when we decided to speak out, um, and that was a decision that we made as a club. This is Racial Equity Alliance, a club that Jill founded, like I said. Uh, We decided, okay, a group of us are going to go to the next school board meeting, and we're going to speak how we feel about these, these book bans. And so we did that. Um, a group of us went to the school board meeting in November. It was actually a midterm election night. I remember that vividly. Um, and we spoke and we said, these books should not be banned. These books are safe spaces for kids. These books are necessary for the, the um, inclusion of all students. And we, we made our voices heard. And every single member of the board c- complimented us and um, told us how appreciated we were for speaking up as students. And so that was really the spark that um, really led us to found the organization. And so from there, what we did was we, um, it was the what? It was the, it was the Buffalo snowstorm, right? The first one, the oh, Thanksgiving storm? It was, yeah, it was like the last week of November. We had off of school and we were so bored. We literally did not know what to do with our time. So, you know, as average teenagers do, we created a website. (laughs) Yeah. So we were like, okay, let's let's make a – at first it was, okay, let's make a club. And then my thought was, eh, that's kind of a tedious process, and it's very small and localized um, to just the school community. And so I was like, how about we form some sort of group? It doesn't have to be too formal, but – um, let's form a group, and, and we decided, okay, let's let's make a name and a website. And because I'm a, I'm a perfectionist, I'm a neat freak, and I wanted everything to be pretty organized and official. Um, if 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 Jill could tell you anything about me, it's that I'm sometimes maybe a little too official. Just a little, yeah. <laughs> and so I decided to. I was like, okay, we're doing a website. We paid for it out of pocket. It's very expensive um, up front, but it was worth it. Um, and we came up with the name Students Protecting Education. And that's that's our that's been our name for the last year and a half and not year and a half. Like, almost. almost. I mean, we're over a year. Over a year. So yeah, we've stuck with that name. It's became our pride and joy, our name and brand. Um, and I really I um it's something I'm extremely proud of and I think Jill could say the same. Um so yeah, that's how we that's how we initially started. Um, and Joe, what what were the steps from there that that we took? 
after we created the website, we reached out to a bunch of people down south. Um, we reached out to a bunch of students in South Carolina, and we started a chapter in South Carolina. And um, I cannot remember what month it was. Um, I'll have to I'll have to relook. But we did a rally. I, in I, South I, I the what month we started in Charleston, or what month was the rally? Yeah. Do you, right, wait, which one are you referring? I'm talking about the which month the rally was. Oh, geez, the rally was in February or March. It was it was it was early 2023. Yes. Um, and we did a rally for South Carolina, and that was really big. I mean, it made national news. Our the um our brand was spreading. Um, word was getting out, and then in May, we decided to endorse um a couple school board candidates. Um, that we thought were fitting for their job, obviously. Um, and that created a lot of, we got a lot of recognition for that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's that's a whole, that I mean, I could talk for hours about that school board race, and I think we'll get to that, um, we'll get to that later. Um, and I'm glad you bring that up because that's probably one of the biggest things that we've done as an organization. For sure. But i just like to bring it back to, um, that initial period of us founding. Um, and so we had kind of an unofficial group. We had a website. Um, we and, took some photos yep. with our friend's camera. Yep, we had a, a, a nice camera that we took some professional photos with. We put them on the website. We started making TikToks. TikToks, TikTok, TikTok was TikTok was where we blew up, and I have to take the credit for that. Yes. That was my idea. Luke was very against it. He wasn't very like, oh, I don't think we're going to reach out with that type of social media, and he was very upset when our first TikTok didn't blow up. And then I remember him texting me like three hours later. He goes, "Hold up, Joe! Like, we're getting likes and views and stuff." And um, yeah, it was definitely See, a great way to reach out. I've never been a big person on social media. Um, I don't use it too often, and so you know, from my perspective, it, it wasn't. It just wasn't something that I thought of, and I'm so glad that we had Jill to really push for that because I was not pushing for social media. She really pushed for social media. And after a little while, we really saw the the impact of that. And I would say, other than our our um, news article that got released in the summer, which I can get to later, um, TikTok's probably where we where we raised more than half of our half of our funds. Oh, absolutely! Um, we got over. We got over. We're almost at ten thousand followers. Yeah. On TikTok. Yeah, we, yeah, we had ten thousand followers, and I think we we've, we've we I know we've made um, around fifteen thousand dollars. That's just grassroots. Um, and so, yeah, TikTok was big because not only was our were our videos being pushed out and people were liking them, other people were, um, what do you call it, duetting and stitching, stitching them. them yeah. um, and they were kind of, um, they were boosting it and they were saying, hey, donate here. Uh, these kids are doing great things. And then people were donating from there. And so it was a really, it was eye-opening to me because I never had never really firsthand witnessed that much power in social media, and it was great to see. So I'm I'm very grateful that Jill um, pushed for that. So social media was big in our founding. Other than that, um, it was super helpful to have um, support from the community and from community members, um, which actually our next podcast is going to be. Um, community members in education one of our next podcasts um, we're not exactly sure of the the layout of all of our podcasts but one of our podcasts that we do have um, in the near future is 
expanding on really what is the importance of having community members support your mission and support you. And so what happened with us was after we heard of these books, after I heard at the meeting of these books asking to be banned, I got a petition on Facebook from members in the community um, standing up against book banning. It was, please sign this petition if you if you support um, books and ask the, the board not to honor this request to ban books. And so I signed this petition, and in the comment section I put, hey, my name is Luke Lippett. I go to Orchard Park High School. I was at this meeting, and I was really shocked by this. Um, me and a few peers would love to potentially speak out. We weren't really sure at that point. Um, and I'd love to talk sometime. And, w- and within 10 minutes, I got a call from the organizer of the petition, um, which who is now one of our esteemed board members of our organization and who has gotten us very far. Um, so shout out to her. We could not, we would not be here without her. Um, but so we organized a, a nice little Panera Cafe uh, meeting with a few community members who really said, this is your education. You need to be fighting for it. We'll, we, we can give you anything you need to help you succeed. But, you know, if you're going to speak out of this meeting, speak from your heart. We're not going to tell you what to say. It's going to have to come from your heart. And that really struck me. And so we decided, okay, we're, go- we're speaking up at this meeting. And we did. And, and you know, Jill already talked about all, all the board members were super happy that we spoke out. And that's kind of what empowered us to really yeah. be able to see students beyond our community. I think it's also really important to add the fact that the board decided to create this thing on the parent portal where um, parents, if they didn't want their kid reading a book, they could just insert it there um, and they wouldn't be able to check it out. It's kind of a win-win situation and absolutely nobody has filled it out. So I just think it's really funny that these people say they're so like inspired and that they want to fight for this. They want to fight for book banning, but they don't go through with it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that really shows you their true intentions. Um, I think it's really like a culture war, and it's not that they care about what their kids are reading and what their kids can access, but really um, what other people can and can't access and what ideas other people can um, consume and and, and think. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, I don't want to get too much into the, into the culture wars, but people are misinformed and they're uneducated about these topics and how important they are and you know people are being fed information from on dis dis sorry dishonest sources and so i think that's something that we we need to as a community fighting for diversity equity inclusion is fight for um fight to not fight for education but fight to educate those who are uneducated you know i totally understand why people who are against the woke movement and people who, um, people who are for book banning. I understand maybe why they've been led to believe these things. They're out of fear and ignorance. The only reason that you would be against diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, people feeling included into into their society, kids, children feeling accepted. The only reason that you'd be you would fear that is if, if you're being fed information that's leading you to fear that, um, and so I really sympathize with people who who are led that way, and I think that is one of my biggest goals is to 
have people understand why these things are so important. And I, I think, that, sorry. Go ahead. Me, no, go right I ahead. think that's um, one of the biggest parts of our mission that is our mission is to educate these people. And um, I think spreading our mission and spreading the idea of our mission is our biggest goal. Um, I think creating chapters is a great way to spread our mission. And that's definitely something that us as an organization have to work on more. Um, and just making sure our mission of educating people is thorough and known um, so that what needs to be done will be done. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, yeah, that's something that we're working to build a better organization and a, and a better better programs yes. to educate people, not just not just empower students to fight for their education, but to also educate as well. Speaking of that, Building our foundation is one of the biggest things that we have been working on and kind of just seeing how things work and how things don't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's definitely a, a, a big part of founding an organization, I think, especially as, as what, 16 and se- you're 16? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as 16 and 17-year-olds, you know, and we founded the organization when I was 16 and, and Jill was 15. So it's very, very difficult. Not difficult. It's just it's a challenge to to run an organization. I run, mean, run I, have, I have four AP classes. Me and Luke both work jobs. Yeah. So it's sometimes hard to just find time, but me and Luke managed to do very well. Yes, definitely. And and I think, you know, like I said, as young people running an organization, we face those challenges and we face those problems, but we work through them and that makes us better leaders, um, me and Jill, or Jill and I, sorry. Um, and yeah, so we've had many challenges and I think some of those challenges that we're still facing now are, you know, social enga- engagement on social media. Um, engagement of current members, reaching out to members, um, developing new programs, getting, I think getting people engaged is, it's such a hard thing to do. And I don't think many people realize that if you're not running something, running an organization, running a nonprofit, that it is so difficult to, to not only get people engaged, but then to keep them engaged. Yeah. It's very difficult to do. And so that's something that we're still working on. And I think that's probably our biggest challenge as leaders and organizers is to keep people engaged. I know that there are people who agree with us and who agree with our mission and our goals. It's just reaching out to them. Yeah, yep. And luckily we have tons and tons of great people who are helping us do these things. And we look forward to working with them in the future. But obviously we're always open to new people, um, new leaders, new team members, which is something that we'll talk about later in the podcast um, who are looking to really, who are passionate about um, the mission and who also think that they could con- contribute to our mission. So um, yeah, that, that that I would say is our biggest challenge currently right now. Um, and as well as, like I said, team members. Um, we have a, we had a relatively large team, um, but you know, people go off to college, People start taking more difficult classes. People have less time. Life happens. And so, you know, we're constantly faced with, oh, team member X is going off to college. Now we need to find someone to replace team member and things like this that really we have a very dynamic team that's, um, you know, I I like to say cycling in and out and we have new people. And so it's kind of hard to keep a 
a process where everyone knows what's going on. So it, it's always something new for myself and Jill when we're running the organization. But, you know, we're kind of looking to get better. You know, as leaders, we kind of are always looking for opportunities to get better. And I think that's one of our biggest goals is to get younger people involved. Um, me and Luke are going off to college next year, which is so crazy to even think about. So obviously me and Luke will always be a part of the organization, but we're not always going to be able to run it. Um, so getting middle schoolers involved is something that we are working towards um, big time. That's one of our biggest goals right now. Um, and kind of just forming like a younger students protecting education team teaching them how to be leaders, teaching them how to use their voice, teaching them um, how to stand up, and yeah. I think that's another thing that's really important to mention is, you know, as we as we grow as an organization, we, you know, make small modifications to our mission and what we do as, as a nonprofit. Um, and one of those kind of enlightenments that we've had recently is is realizing, you know, we we are an organization that empowers students. We are a leadership organization. We inspire students and, and young people to be leaders. And so right now our team is working on a few programs that will allow students to better build their leadership capabilities and their leadership skills. And so we like to see ourselves as not just an organization that supports diversity, equity, and inclusion and those values, but an organization that really strives to nurture and create the best leaders that we can. Um, And that's something that I think is, is amazing about our organization is really being a leadership organization. And I think one of the biggest things that we're striving towards in 2024, um, which the goals we will get to. um, But one of the things that I do want to talk about quickly is workshops, which me and Luke, um, we want to do so many workshops. And we have so many ideas, like doing workshops online just for um, teaching the youth how to use their voice, teaching the youth how they can make an impact, um, and then them being able to teach them to their friends, like kind of like how me and Luke did with each other. Absolutely, and I, and I think, um, I think, workshops are a great opportunity for um, students to have more of a l- less pressure than yeah. attending a you know a, a meeting or um, getting up and speaking. There's so many things that you can do as a young person to work on your leadership um, abilities, and so. We um, made up a bunch of different ideas for workshops, which stuff like effective communication strategies. Students need to know how to, you know, have good communication that facilitates good discussion and that gets things done quickly and efficiently. Um, Stuff like collaborative decision making. Um, People need to know how to make decisions, you know, involving others. to enhance their skills. I think that's something that me and Luke definitely had to work on <laughs> yes. in the beginning. <laughs> yes. Um, and just stuff like how to advocate, how to be inclusive, um, how to take action in your community, stuff like that where students might need a little bit more um, guidance um, on what actions to take. And so that's something that we're working on right now to really um build up our organization and the resources that we can provide. And I think another one of the big things that me and Luke, we've kind of talked about, we haven't really gotten into detail, but not only creating workshops for um, 
for the youth but also for teachers and creating resources for teachers is one of the big things that we want to work towards as well um we want to kind of create i mean different like lesson plans for different age groups teaching different things such as different leaguers like um and AP Lang, we started talking about Malala. Yes. And it's like, wow, like, I, I read her memoir in, like, fifth grade, and, um, or her autobiography, sorry. And then it's like, wow, like, I kind of forgot everything that she's done for education. It's crazy to think about. And I think just um, reminding that these students about all these stories is very important. So that's also something that we are working towards. Absolutely. And I, I think... Um, all this is important that we're that we're discussing about. These are kind of our looking ahead um, future goals. But I'd like to bring it back to um, what I, what Jill, you brought up earlier in the podcast, and that was our some of our milestones and our biggest impacts. And so um, I think our our first huge impact that we had, and we we've had lots of impact. Um, I I love to, to admit that we've had. A lots of great impact on not our, only our community in Orchard Park, but in communities beyond. Um, I think the school board election is something something really important to talk about, and that's a, a really good story, which started with um, the same people who were asking for books to be banned announcing their bid for school board. And so myself and Jillian, we saw that and we said, that's not good. <laughs> um, that definitely is not going to work. And so we thought, well, we need candidates who are going to support us. We need candidates who are going to support the things we see important as students. And that's the the values of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so um, within a, in a few days, it was relatively the same period, uh, was when another slate of candidates um, announced their bid for election for school board. And so we looked at, we sat down with a group of students, our student, um, our student board, and we said, who are these candidates? What do they support? And who supports us? And overwhelmingly, we chose um, the side of Rogers, Draves, and Como, which were, those were the candidates that we were supporting. We decided to support them because of their values and how closely they aligned with our values as students. And so we sat down with these candidates and we said, hey, you know, what can you do for students? How can you support us? And we had a great collaborative discussion with these these um, candidates. And so we said, okay, we'll throw our support behind you as students because I think it's really important um, for the, the community to know um, that students support these candidates. And from there, it was just, a, it was a, more than a month, right, Jill? Of yeah, of camp is. of campaigning and really showing the community that we support these values and these candidates also support these values. And it was very tense, you know, month and a half or however long it was of you know the other side attacking um, the, the values of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and really tense tenseness between the sides. And it was a record turnout in the, in the school board election. We also advocated for. Um, the proposition three, three. There you um, go. <laughs> which, we, which we have a banner hanging up in our office that we we hung out outside of the polling location that says "Vote Yes." Proposition three: Support student voices. And this was a proposition that um, the community had to vote on to allow a student to serve on the school board. And so we advocated for the district to 
um, to allow a student to serve on the school board, to really give a student voice, student input with these decisions. Um, and so that was really great that the, the district and the board put this proposition on the ballot. And now it was just us advocating for the community to support and vote on this. So um, myself, Jill, and a few other students sat down, uh, you know, in the, in the days um, before the election, and we made calls. We, oh my gosh, we made like <laughs> 700 calls one day. It was absolutely insane. It was so crazy. But um, that was probably like one of the best one of the best couple weeks of the year. I think that was probably my favorite. It was just so fun. I mean, yeah. the stress was, was crazy. It was stressful. I mean, the relief when we heard the ballots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, so we called and we called and we said, hey, I'm blanking so-and-so from Orchard Park High School, and I'd just like to talk to you about about these values that we as students see important, and I'd also like to discuss the candidates that support those values. Um, and that was that was super fun. It was a great experience. And then on election day, we went and we set up a tent. We had our banner and, and our vote yes proposition banner. And and we talked to community members as they were uh, making their way in and out from the polling station. And so that was a great experience. And we were there for hours and hours and hours. We were there all day. And at the end of the night, um, oh, before I get to that, um, the day before the election, I believe, um, a reporter from Channel 2 News oh gosh, reached yes. out to me um, asking me to interview right before the election. And so um, we went to the Orchard Park High School and he set up a camera. I talked about the election, um, our organization throwing support behind candidates, why we supported these candidates, the values and everything. And then that that um, played on the 12 o'clock news 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock news, whatever. 10 o'clock news, And yeah. then the next morning. And so everybody saw it. You know, I had family members from all over um, reaching out about about hearing it. And um, I had people at the, at the polling place who recognized me. Oh, you were on the news this morning. And so it was great to get our mission and our values out there. And then while we were at the polling place, Channel 4 pulled me aside um, right at the doors of, of the high school to uh, discuss the election and what had gone on that day so far. So as that all went on, um, polls closed at 9 o'clock. We went inside. We waited a good half an hour, and then the official ballots uh, ballots got read, and, and it was a sweep. It was amazing. It was the like we heard the first ever. one, and we just kind of like knew. Like there's three of them, I think, right? Three or four machines. There's and three and four, so they're pretty even with the numbers. Statistically, yeah. yeah they're... So like we heard – the first one we won by like what two thirds majority or something like that. Yeah, our candidates won by yeah. I I I can't remember the exact numbers, but won by in relative. It to, was like seven hundred to five hundred yeah, on the first. I think ballot. it was. I think they won by eight hundred votes uh, altogether, mm-hmm. which is a lot for a school board election. And turnout was. The turnout was phenomenal. Yeah, c- compared I've to I've never seen anything like com- it for a school compared board. to other school other years and and other districts. It was by far the highest turnout and then proposition three passed by a three to four margin which is 75 percent um or sorry no not three to four three to one it passed by three to one margin um so yeah it was great that was probably yeah one of the best moments of my life was hearing hearing those numbers after all that work that we put into we put months of work into supporting those candidates just for the fact because um, you know, this was a, a an election that meant 
it was life or death. Yeah. And it was either banning books or not because we had already had a, a school board member on our school board who supported book banning and who was who was um, vocal about supporting book banning. And this was three candidates. And we have a seven-person seven board. That meant the book banning majority, majority was would have been um, a thing if these three candidates won. So it was really high stakes. And so when we heard those results, we had such a relief because we knew that there would be candidates on the school board who supported students yeah. and the values that we as students see. So I'd say that was that's our biggest achievement so far. And that's really what we look forward to doing in the future is is supporting the values of diversity, equity, inclusion in schools and on school boards to ensure that those values are, are um, maintained within schools. And if, if not there yet to install those those values and having those um to having the news reach out to us the first two times like to um a lady from the buffalo news reaching out to us in the summer and she wanted to do a story on our organization as a whole and that's just the election which i thought was really great and really kind of her um and we sat down with her. She let us go into the office at the Buffalo News, which was so great. It was so amazing to see. Um, the view was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> and it was just great to see how the creative mind works, especially in their office. It was overall just such a great experience. And I think me and Luke are both both, both very blessed to have had that experience. It definitely allowed us to spread to more people as well. I mean, that morning we got like i think two hundred dollars in donations like oh, randomly it was more than that it was i think we made so after the article was published which we I, didn't even know it was released at first i could tell you the date of it it was august 19th oh, thanks. um <laughs> it was august 19th um it was the last day of the fair yeah it was and i woke up in the morning about to go to a shift and i remember having getting a text from my grandma, my aunt, my mom. Oh my gosh, did you see this article? Because um, it was ri- like we did the interview. Um, like it was like mid July. Yeah, it was like a month before. So she wanted to wait until kind of like the school time, yeah. which made sense. Yeah. So like right before back to school, just so it was more fresh in people's mind. Um, and I would say within two or three days, we had made over two thousand um, dollars in donations from people seeing the article. So that was great. And special, special shout out to Barbara O'Brien from the Buffalo News. Um, she's always kind of been by our side uh, as a news reporter since the founding of our organization. So we really would like to thank her for all the work that she has done. Yeah. 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 So um, that really, that's really, that takes care of our like story. So I know we kind of went out of order, but we're going all over the place here. There's a lot to cover. Um, I think we already discussed what we're looking forward to in the future. Um, we will release our New Year goals um, as of the New Year. So those will be all available for... Wait a minute. This podcast isn't being this released This podcast the will probably be released the same time as yes. our goals. The, our goals will be released around the same exact time as this podcast. Because <laughs> this podcast, if you're listening to this, you, it is either January 1st or it is past January 1st. Because um, our new podcast is starting as of the new year. So um, we're really, really looking forward to this new podcast and this new journey um, of our organization. 
We um, will love to hear your feedback as well. Yeah, so visit www.studentsproed.org slash empowered um, where you can see, listen to our podcast, um, and there'll be other resources and, and materials there um, where you can share your feedback and, and comments about um, this podcast. And so I think, yeah, I think we from here we just summarize our journey. It's been, it definitely has been a great journey, a great learning experience. I, I mean, I, I cannot, I cannot explain how much I've learned as a 16 slash 17 year old running a nonprofit. I mean, the amount of legal work that I've done. The Yeah, actually crazy. I mean, we make connections to different lawyers. We make connections to different professors. We make connections to so many different types of people so far with so many different professions. And I just think it's so crazy. Like, yeah. And it, 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 it really, like, I've learned how to file paperwork. I, I mean, I, with the help of a lawyer, was able to in- incorporate our organization. So we're a, a nonprofit. Um, we have a um, CI, oh, I'm going to lose the, um, the t- what's the term? It's a, a CIA, a Certified Internal Auditor on our board. Um, and so she has a background in accounting, and she was able to help um, me, we sat down and we did the filing um, for our tax exemption status. So all of that um, has been done with the help of professionals um, and people who have done work for us. And so we've really just learned so much together um, as uh, as co-founders of this organization. And I think that ex- experience is invaluable, especially at the you know young age that we're at. So... I think that pretty much covers everything. Um, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to our first podcast and bearing with us through everything. Um, I think we have a lot to share and we have a lot to learn from everyone as well. And yeah. So I encourage you all to visit www.studentsprided.org. There are a myriad of opportunities for you all. Um, students, we encourage to become members. Um, contact us at Info at studentspread.org. My email is luke at studentspread.org. And Jillian's email is jillian at studentspread.org. Feel free to contact us anytime. We're always open. Um, And any of our other contact information can be found on our website. So, yeah, once again, thank you for listening. And we hope you'll join us on our next episode of Empowered, Rising Voices in Education. Thank you, and have a good night. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Empowered, Rising Voices in Education, brought to you by Students Protecting Education. I'm your host, Luke Lippitt, and I hope today's conversation left you feeling inspired and ready to make a positive impact. Join me again next time as we explore the various aspects of education, advocacy, and empowerment. In our upcoming episodes, we'll be delving into the crucial topics of community engagement in the advocacy for education, equity in education, student-led initiatives, and more. Until then... Stay informed, stay empowered, and thank you for being part of the Students Protecting Education community. We'll see you next time.